0: The hell are you supposed to be? I'm vengeance. You can't see, cause you can find it home, just that you don't want to. You cope by putting a blindness on. I've been trying to find some kind of way, but I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and latch to nonsense, cause your mind is gone. I can't save every person in politics, and it's bringing the worst out the very earth. And every perk of living on this turf is being chipped at and nerfed, but I can't
1: sit back and lurk. I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose.
2: It's a beautiful thing, too. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Underground. This is episode 75. I am once again joined by Joseph.
1: Wild West, camp style.
2: Nations. I'm David Lacey, and this is the show where we always remind you... Politics ruins everything.
0: Joseph, how's it going? Man, it is going well up in here, man. How's it going with you?
2: Oh, not bad. Um... At, uh, by the time this episode is out, or at least close to it, you and I will be doing a stream with Nerdporial and a few other people that we'll link to because he'll hopefully he'll have the link ready by uh, uh, before Thursday, um, and we're going to be talking about aliens on there. So if anybody hears this by then, or even if you catch it afterwards, you can go over there and we're going to be doing like a pretty big breakdown of the movie. Um, yes. So I did one with them uh, about a week ago by the time this airs and it was great it's really nice to to be able to talk to people in depth about something like that because it doesn't always get to it doesn't happen very often and i i love that and um we were like showing screen like our favorite screenshots and like talking about how we um got uh the first time we ever saw the movie or whatever and you know how that happened and like just memories of that kind of stuff so it's really cool i mean you know we talk a lot about like the stupid stuff that goes on in media nowadays so it's always nice to have a conversation about something that is actually enjoyable yes Um, it is and i'm I'm hoping to do more of those and i'm hoping eventually uh you know with the, the the good people that listen to our show uh we'll be able to do some more stuff like that as well joseph how can the good people listening to our show help support us
0: Y'all can go to our show notes where you'll find our direct.me link there. You'll see our YouTube page, our Odyssey page, and you can go subscribe and follow us on there. Our YouTube page is really kicking off. Be sure to like and comment as well. And you can also donate to us using our PayPal donation link as well as our Bitcoin wallet address. Basically, what we utilize here is a value for value model. So whatever value, perceived value, you believe you're getting from me and david you can donate to us in the form of your time talent and treasure on our direct.me link you'll also find our social media accounts where you can follow us and engage with us on there as well so yeah that pretty hey, much that was really it. good hey you know it's about time yes they don't call me wild west pimp style for nothing
2: <laughs> no um awesome man well let's go ahead and just get into it uh you know i'll let you lead on this first story
0: yeah, I came across this over the weekend from Bounding in the Comics, man. I just gotta say, round of applause for Bounding in the Comics. Really, really enjoy their website when I first stumbled upon it. Man, how long, how long have we been using Bounding in the Comics? Uh, man, like, at
2: least six months, if not longer. I mean, it's probably been longer than that. I, uh, oh yeah, you know that that seems like a fair, um, a fair estimate.
0: So anyway, our favorite. Actor from our favorite movie, *Lord of the Rings*, who plays one of our favorite characters, Gandalf the Gray and Gandalf the White, two I guess characters, um, wise in his ways. Ian McKellen uh, came out. He did an interview was released on March third, and basically he rejected the idea that actors must share exact qualities as their characters. We're acting, we're pretending, and this was due to. Mm-hmm. Uh, He was, in the interview, he was asked by the journalist for his thoughts on the recent outrage against Helen Mirren, right? That's how you say her name? Yes. Good job. Yay. Yeah. Uh, Her casting as the lead in the upcoming biopic about former Israeli Prime Minister Golda Meir, if I'm pronouncing that right, due to the actress's lack of Jewish heritage, the Magneto actor asserted there are two things is the argument that a Gentile cannot play a Jew. And is the argument, therefore that a Jew cannot play a Gentile is the argument that a straight man cannot play a gay part. And if so, does that mean I can't play a straight, that I can't play straight parts and I'm not allowed to explore the fascinating subject of heterosexuality in Macbeth? Surely not. McKellen concluded we're acting, we're pretending. And so, uh, I just think he really hits a nail on the head, you know, going on in Hollywood right now is that you have to be of a particular, uh, orientation or identity, basically identity politics. You have to act this certain way and be this certain way, unless you're uh, specifically a heterosexual white straight male. Otherwise you can't act this part. And there's a, a degree to which, you know, that may be true. However, I don't think having, Jewish heritage is important when you're doing a biopic of a prime minister, right?
2: Right. So h- here's the thing. It, again, like Ian McKellen was saying, there is it, you're pretending. Now yes. we we talk on occasion about some of the more um, insidious stuff that they they tend to do when we talk about race swapping in movies yep. and a lot Gender of it swapping all yeah, that stuff. A lot of it comes down to the fact that they're. Their intentions are not altruistic. Yep. They're being Hollywood. Uh, what they're doing is they're attempting to lift certain groups of people up that they believe don't have the ability to get roles for themselves.
0: Uh, there's a and they're doing it in a disingenuous way too. It's not like they're going to you know bring out stories from Africa, original stories, right, or Asia, exactly. well, or that, Latin America and so forth.
2: And it, and it seems to be on purpose because. Those roles would be plentiful if that was the case. But instead mm-hmm. of uh, being creative, writing new stories, right? I mean, that's the thing is like, not everything has to be based off of a book. That used to be a thing. Yeah. Right? But people used to use uh, books or whatever to influence stories, right? Like, one of my favorites mm-hmm. uh, is The Warriors. Uh, the Warriors is about uh, The Odyssey, it's based off of The Odyssey, but in concept alone, right? Mm-hmm. it it follows a similar uh plot to the, to that but it's about gangs in new york right mm-hmm. uh, great movie highly recommended if people haven't seen it um and that is that's kind of the difference right where these guys used to go you know i really like uh homer's odyssey you know it'd be really cool if we took that and put it in new york in the i think it's set in the 60s uh, new york in right. the 60s or whatever the time period the the warriors are set in um, that's that's awesome. That's a really cool way to make a movie. Um, you know, it's a little bit different when you're talking about how the BBC, um, put a uh, a black woman in the role of.
0: Oh, who did they do? It, uh, I know that Netflix. Shoot, I, <laughs> I know while while you're trying to think of it. Yeah, I know that Netflix recently in the Viking show just uh, and then they've come out and said that it's an entirely fictional character but in the viking show they created the uh, a, a jarl that is a minority character and i mean the vikings at this time period it just doesn't it takes you out of the the world of believability first off a woman i don't think in viking society they had shield maidens but they uh you know there wouldn't be a a, oh. a, a jarl a leader right yet alone probably i a minority one that's probably unlikely. And so here it is. So
2: historical figure and Boleyn. Thanks bounding into comics (laughs) again. (laughs) Um historical figure and Boleyn gets race swapped in Channel 5's upcoming miniseries. So here's here's the thing about uh something about these kind of situations. There is there's this thing called um uh bro my my brain yes there It... There is a thing Mm -hmm. called suspension of disbelief. Yes. Where you can put characters into a role, right? So let's take Ian McKellen, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Ian McKellen isn't a wizard, right? Nope. Ian McKellen is He's not a straight man. He can play Gandalf because of his acting ability. Because Mm -hmm. he can pull off the role of Gandalf and he fits essentially like a model for that yeah right it's not going to be one-to-one right like take aragorn for instance right he's uh described as having gray eyes right right now i don't think vigo has gray eyes in the movie now i could be mistaken because it's been a while since i've seen them and that's a very specific detail but let's say let's say for whatever reason they decide not to do that in lord of the rings it's kind of okay because people yep. don't generally have gray eyes. It's, there's a right. certain amount of leniency that you do take in that role. What generally gets people upset on top of the fact that they're doing what they're doing for ideological reasons. And mm-hmm. in my opinion, and I believe in your opinion as well, uh, they're, do, they're putting uh, people in these roles. And they're trying to lift these people up because they don't think that they can earn these roles by themselves. Yep. That's and the quality it is- that it gives off.
0: Exactly. It's like they can't earn it by themselves. And then along with that, it's jarring because when you have these historical figures, it would be like having Ryan Gosling cast it in as Nelson Mandela. Um, right. Or like, you a- know, it just it doesn't make any sense. And I think people say, you know, I, th- I love that just some guy pointed this out. I was like, that's a good point. So actually, you know, it's hard to remember everything, but with The Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan, that was oh, a terrible that's movie. That's right. But all the main characters were casted as white. And pe- there was an uproar because it's like, no, this is Asian culture. All uh-huh. Literally, the lore says they're Asian, right? Yeah. And people were upset. It was a terrible movie because of that. It just mm-hmm. takes you More than just that, but speaking. yeah, I feel you. Yeah, I mean, more than just that. <laughs> but it takes you, I mean, obviously, it's more than just that. But it takes you out of... The world, because it's not sticking to that lore, right? And it's just, yeah,
2: so, yeah. and that movie is is particularly bad because yeah. they didn't stick to proper casting for anyone. Yep. um, and they also didn't stick to the actual lore of the show, yep, properly A- exactly and not to mention the acting was bad. all of the the CG was bad. Uh, they just kind of chop together some of the events that happen in the series, uh, up until I believe the the I think it was it's based off of uh, season one of the show, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, it that's the kind of stuff where when people don't respect the source material, you know, it's so fun. Yeah, Avatar is a perfect example of this when you don't respect the source material, and when you have other things going on. Besi- and I don't know if M. in M. Night's case that was it that could have been a production thing like Nickelodeon right. was over uh, Airbender so who knows what they were trying to do in that situation like boardroom meetings are a very like messy place um, right for more than one reason and um, yeah Airbender was a, a, a piece of trash because it seemed to be one of those examples of well people love this so just do whatever with it and we're going to make a ton of money and then a whole right. bunch of people went to go see it the the opening weekend and they're like don't go see this.
0: Yep. Dun, dun, and and it is because people care about sticking to the lore and sticking to ethnicities that matter, right? If you're mm-hmm. going to do a show on, you know, medieval Europe, right? Yeah. Of uh, the, the Roman Empire, and all of the lead characters are Hispanic, why? <laughs> that doesn't make uh-huh. any sense, right? Yep. Like Brazilian, right? Portuguese, right? Or they're, they're Asian, you know, whatever, or vice versa. So,
2: well, and, and this is one of those topics too, where people don't want to have honest conversations about it. No. Um, because it, you get into what about isms to some degree where it's like, well, starters. yeah, if this was in, if this, and I, I actually think it's a, it's a decent question to be asked if people would answer truthfully. But it's like, if this was the other way around, right, like, you know, the one that everybody likes to bring up is Black Panther. It's like if Chris Pratt was cast as Black Panther, it's like, wouldn't people be really pissed about Uh, that? Well, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's like Black Panther. Yeah, it's like, why is it not? Why is it not the same? Like, his ethnicity is very important to his character uh, in the same way that Anne Boleyn's ethnicity is important to her character because that's historically accurate. And I know it's not a one for one Um, but it, it's it's along the same lines, and if we were having o- open and honest conversations, I actually think a lot of the people who are like way hardcore um, about the the race swapping thing would be able to make uh, exceptions. They'd be like, yeah, exactly. yeah, I get it, but he's a good actor, right? And, and, or right, or like she's it's a like good the
0: actor. movie we're gonna talk about, you know, later oh, on Batman. with the Batman. They mm-hmm. race swap some characters, but it worked because the story's good. It's okay. Right. Like, yeah but it, it's a, anyway it's,
2: yeah it's a, it's a little different with that and there are purists out there and that's the thing is like there's a there is a there is room to um accept the purists and respect right. the purists and the people who have grown up on these comics and they're mm-hmm. like doing these changes is disrespectful towards uh what was originally intended in this um, right. and again, because Hollywood doesn't have good intentions and that's the thing that we need to, to remember to remind people all the time mm-hmm. is that if, if Hollywood didn't have these, uh, mandates out there for the way that, uh, your cast has to be diverse in their eyes, um, your casting crew, uh, we would be having a different conversation here where it's like, you know, uh, this character or whatever, it's like, you know, it's, it's not the original Good actress, good actor, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Uh, yeah, whatever. I mean, I know there are purists out there, but it's like I, I, don't, I don't mind because I care more about the movie itself and how the right. movie plays out. It doesn't In just go into the ethnicity of someone. But again, it's the same thing with the the BBC and the Anne Boleyn thing, where you're like, guys, this is blatant. This is embar, it's embarrassing that you're doing a historical drama, and, and it's like. Clearly, you're trying to make some sort of statement, or whatever the case may be.
0: Yeah, so, exactly. We're going to, you know, the Ian McKellen, him talking about uh, Helen Mirren's. You don't have to be. It's not central to be Jewish in order to tell this story, right? No, you can pretend. Just like, uh, just like you can you know, pretend to be a wizard. lady who's playing Anne Boleyn <laughs> could play a, you know, you know, I'm a conservative black woman, right? Or right. Whatever. And, you and that say. happens.
2: Yeah, that happens too. There there were people on that um uh Tim Allen show uh, mm-hmm. where they were like playing conservatives or whatever and they're not conservatives in real life. It's it's no, cal- pretending
0: Yes that's all it is and it's okay in some it's not ever a one-for-one situation in some situations it's okay in Mm -hmm. other situations it's not
2: yeah and it it should be okay to have open dialogue about these things and have Mm -hmm. people share uh their thoughts about them and then listen to other people but when you get into situations where people are essentially uh race baiting people because someone said something that may have been a little off color or whatever the case may be and you a a a you automatically jump to your isms and your ists and all of these mm-hmm. things instead of being like, "Hey, uh, that didn't make a lot of sense. yeah. um, what did you what did you mean by that? Can you clear it up? Would you like to like, come on my show and just clear up what you were trying to say?, like, yeah. I, I'm explain not here yourself. To, Let's yeah. have
0: a conversation. And it's yeah. funny because, you know, there's no one saying or most people don't say, you have to be a Christian or Catholic to pay, play any Lord of the Rings character, right? That's not a requisite. Yeah.
2: No, and, and that's the same thing for all the – it's not like you have to be Catholic <laughs> to pay, play the role of a Catholic priest in one of these yeah. movies or whatever. Right. And so yeah, it's just – it's ridiculous, and it's – you know everyone has their version of like – I'm going to keep this pretty like just for YouTube. Uh, they have their version of the the face, you know? We can just call yeah. it the face. And so no matter what your ethnicity or your religious background or whatever you consider yourself, it's like everyone has blank face now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, first of all, there is a very good reason historically for the original version of that. Let's not co-op that every time someone's doing something, especially when it comes to an actor playing either an ethnicity or a race that they're they're not a part of. Like you're getting into some some sketchy territory. Um and, again, if they can pull off the role, if it doesn't take you 100% out of this scenario, this, this story that they're trying to tell, yeah. it kind of should be fair game. And, again, right. I'm willing to have those conversations. I'm willing to be like, yeah, I mean, it's not the original, um, but I'm not a purist in in a lot of instances. I think there's uh, reasons to to push back against this Lord of the Rings stuff in particular. But right. uh, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, it's like, you know, when... um. Uh, what's his place? What uh, when? Uh, what's his name? Played uh, Heimdall in Thor. Uh, I yes. remember at the time, Idris Elba. A lot of people yep. got uh, kind of pissed about that, and it was one of those things where you're like, I mean, yeah, I get it. He's not that, but like Idris Elba's cool, man. Like, yeah. I, I understand. It's <laughs> That's like based on
0: James Bond, bro. It's like to some degree, Ella, yeah. when it comes to him, it's yeah. like, oh, he's, no, he's got it for me. He's, he's got the now. look. Yeah, he's too I know, now. I know. You keep telling me that. It's going to be Henry.
2: Henry Cavill should get the role, but you know they're oh, going to go in a, in a direction that's going to be more um, ESG Swar. positive. We'll, yeah. we'll say that.
0: <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, so good on Ian McKellen rejecting identity politics. And as we say about politics, it ruins.
2: Politics everything. ruins Everything.
0: Thanks, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> All Alrighty. Right. Well, speaking of politics, we got another one to dive into, guys. Uh, from bounding in the comics, this was uh, a great article they covered, and it's funny because I could have just pulled up tweets because I follow old uh, Fellowship of Fans, but they just covered the Fellowship of Fans um, leak on Galadriel and Hallbrand. So. Uh this occurred on came out March 2nd, but there's a brand new set of alleged elites from the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, Lautertrop, um Latter-trop. that show off Yeah, drop Great name. That show off a new scene and detail Galadriel's rage. Basically, what's going on is let me get to it. And my bullet points right here is is not only that, but they also contradict uh, the lore in this specific area. They begin with on Hallbrand um, being brought to before the court of Muriel, if I'm pronouncing that right, and Ferizon by Lindel. To the surprise of everybody, still in the rags from when they were rescued from the shipwreck, and basically what happens is a tense introduction follows, and in a verbal standoff between Galadriel, Muriel, and Ferizon, where Galadriel proclaims her lineage. And Halbrin, who tries to act as the conciliatory one and keeps Galadriel's rage in check. And also, basically, what you find out later on in the article is that Mur- Muriel is alleged to be the one that's in power, not Al Therazon, who is actually the ruler. And Muriel was his, I want to say, second cousin. And he forced her to marry him. And it was that was considered evil. Or obviously, that was... but. Yeah, the it's of the second cousin thing. It's and- in here.
2: It says the leak also appears to back up previous leak from Fellowship of Fans that detailed that Muriel uh, would be in charge of Numenor rather than Farizan. Uh Back in mm-hmm. December, uh, Fellowship of Fans detailed that Farazon would be Muriel's chief advisor um, and will unexpectedly defer to Muriel seniority. But for the most part, he acted like he acted like was in charge. Oh, that's just a terror bounding. Come on. Uh <laughs> where was it there was another part in here where so it's and they go into this thing where like if, if the leaks are true, then they're going against something that they're not supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, because um, they said they couldn't contradict anything in the hmm. Cimmerillion, and that's directly going against the Cimmerillion. And so hopefully, you know, Tolkien State could step in and do something. If this is true, right? We don't know if it is. But putting Muriel as the ruler rather than Al therazon al- along with so far. They haven't highlighted anything with Keleborn. Um, and I it's, think it's interesting. Highlights the growing concerns of Amazon going against the lore in a way that's not keeping the Tolkien spirits, concepts, ideas, and themes, right? Mm-hmm. And inserting intersectional feminism. And I think it's going to be at the cost of, and the demise of, not only strong male characters, but strong female characters. Because I think Gladriel is going to be a worse version of a female than what Tolkien created. Like Tolkien's, Gladriel is a strong female character in yes. um, Tolkien's Legendarium. Yeah. And so it's funny that Hallbrand has to keep Gladriel's emotions in check because she's angry, brash, and, you know, just full of rage now. But the funny thing is, is that. Galadriel is over 4000 years old. I don't know her exact age like she was born pre to the first age and then the first age is like 600 years and then the second age is like 3500 years or so. So she's around about 4000 years old. Els reach full maturity between 100 and 150 years old and like yes, she's young and experienced but compared to her compared to her much older self in Lord of the Rings, right? Uh, however, Despite having travel, traveled to Beleriand and the Revolt, she didn't participate in any of the great battles in the First Age. And she was mostly sheltered in Dorioth with her kinsmen and Melian. She then left for Eredor with Celeborn before the War of Wrath. During this time, this is all in the First Age, right? During this time, although she's strong-willed and, perf- and persuasive, she had no practical experience either ruling or leading others and played no major role in the events of the first age Thus in the second age is when she starts making her mark on history, right? But when she spent time with Melian who was a Maiar Melian was extremely wise and is kin to Yavanna That time that she spent with Melian made her much wiser. So I'm saying all this background to say Surely she would be a more mature and rational character than any human counterpart there. Yeah, in the second scene. age, in that in the second how, age, but specifically roughly, in that scene between Halbrand, Alfarazon, and Muriel. Yeah, right? how
2: how roughly how old would she be in that specific uh, moment?
0: Let's just say thirty five hundred to 3,000 to four thousand years old. Okay. Let's go big. Like could be older, right? Yeah. Um, I think by the time the events of the Lord of the Rings take place, she's around like. A, Eight thousand eight eighty four hundred years old yeah um, I'm not exactly sure someone else can correct me because I'm sure people will <laughs> oh, uh, <yeah. laughs> they love to do that they will um so I mean again this goes to the what we said in previous videos to where they're making Galadriel generic fantasy female character right yeah and I find it interesting, like, because it's not just with this show, but in other shows, I've noticed this trend. For it's okay for a woman to be angry, brash, and dominating, but when a man does it, it's considered wrong. A fault, right? Yeah, it's considered wrong. Yeah, and it makes any character, any character who who is like that, come off as insufferable.
2: Yeah, it's an it's an interesting um, dynamic, if you will, yeah. because. I think right and this is me sort of theorizing just a little bit of the way that people in Hollywood are thinking Mm -hmm. Um, they what they saw was a lot of characters from the past male characters who Mm -hmm. were that way Mm -hmm. and what they don't understand because they're not mature enough to understand this is that those were usually considered weaknesses in those characters being brash uh, being uh, headstrong all of, all of those things, and a lot of the time, characters would learn from those things to become better people. Right? Mm-hmm. Let's let's take a semi recent example of Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Tony Stark was brash. He didn't care about anything that was going on. He knew he made money. Selfish. And he, yes he he blew, he knew that he made things that go boom, and that he made a lot of money doing that. Didn't care what the the, the consequences were until he was put in a situation where that changed his mind. He became a more caring and a more sympathetic person. Now, Mm -hmm. one of the things that's interesting about Tony is that he has what used to be called a character arc, where (laughs) you learn... From, your, your, from these situations yes. and you grow, right? So he doesn't finish growing after the first Iron Man movie. In fact, his arc doesn't finish until endgame when he goes from being the most selfish person to someone who's willing to sacrifice for everyone. And yep. it's awesome. It's great. That's what we like it's about Tony. Exactly. We, we like that he's a bit snarky. We like those characteristics about him, right? Mm-hmm. But we understand that... Him being this brash individual who doesn't care about others and is okay with them being blown up as long as the bottom line is him staying rich is not good.
0: Yeah. What is good
2: exactly. is him learning and growing and being willing to sacrifice. The problem so, with a sorry, let me finish this out. The problem with a lot of these modern day uh heroines mm-hmm. is that they don't learn these things.
0: They're they except for and she man.
2: No, even well, even in that it's like
0: <laughs> that was a it, joke. Yeah,
2: every every single one of these characters that comes out, they're they're stubborn, they're brash, um, and they do everything perfectly. Everyone loves them, no matter what, even yep. if they're insufferable. And and then people go, well, you're you're an ist or an ism because you don't like that character, and it's like, what I don't like is the writing the way it's not the character. it Well, it's the characterization of the character. If yeah. there's, if nothing is ever learned, right? We talk about Ray. I mean, you can talk about what Gladriel is probably going to be like. Mm-hmm. You can talk any about uh, any of these um female John Wick clones that have been coming mm-hmm. out for the most part. They're all kind of the same. Um, and that's, that's the biggest problem that you run into yep. is that they're not learning. Like they don't go through a character arc. It's like, everything's kind of the same. They're
0: Mary Sue. They say the same. They're strong. They're great automatically. There's no hardly either none or hardly any learning. Mm -hmm. And I think the reality is, is one thing I have taught to others around me about is everything is always preaching something to you, everything (sighs) you listen to and everything you consume. And the problem with these characters is that there are people learning from the saying, oh, it's okay to act like this. But just like in our own lives, nobody I don't like people who are angry and brash. I don't like to spend my time around them, right? People who are dominating, who are insuffer- insufferable in that capacity. Yeah. But when someone begins to change and yeah. you see that development and they become a much more loving person to be around, right? Mm-hmm. And when you don't have that in a character, it tunes you off from that show. And
2: there's nothing wrong with having, um, again, there's nothing wrong with having a female character go through, like, starting out a specific way. Maybe they're brash, Mm -hmm. maybe they're whatever. And we can put Lord of the Rings aside for a second, um, and and the lore and how that's all, you know, we're just talking generally in writing. Um, Mm -hmm. If you have a character who starts out brash, uh, angry, whatever the case may be, that, one, it's a weakness, and it needs Mm -hmm. to be described that way. And it needs to be shown that that causes problems for that character. Um, and they need to be able to come out of that, or it ultimately needs to consume them, and it changes them that way. Character arcs also work in that manner, where they're confronted with who they are, and they just dig deeper into that. These are, guys, I'm telling you, these are simple, simple Simple concepts. Like, we're we're not talking like deep writing expertise. We're saying your character starts in one place, your character moves to another place. Now, the interesting thing is... And I'll leave it on this, so we don't go too deep into it. But mm-hmm. you can also have static characters. the The problem is, is that your your main character being static, um, it, it has to be believable. It has to be something that people can still kind of see themselves in, or there needs to be a stand-in for the audience with another mm-hmm. character. Um, I was trying to think of a, a good example of that, but there's there's a million things. Like you have the, a story of like a hero who comes in, right? And then you have this little like other person who's there who's the stand-in for them who's watching um this great great person and then they have to like take the role you could almost say if you want to get back in the lord of the rings you could say like gandalf um obviously you have gandalf the white you have and we don't have to get into that but you have gandalf who essentially takes frodo alongside him or you could say bilbo in the same instance they're the stand-in for the audience they learn from this character that character ends up leaving and then they have to take up a role uh without that person in their life anymore so there's there's ways to have a character where it's like Gandalf he really is kind of the same throughout now I know it's not it's not one for one but there is a a static nature to him whereas with someone like Frodo someone like Sam someone like um even like Aragorn in the movies yeah they they have these Arcs that allow them to become who they're supposed to be as characters. Even take someone like Smeagol where he goes in the opposite direction, where he's ultimately corrupted, uh, and mm-hmm. that is his path. Um, and he doesn't. There's not a redemption arc for him. He goes through essentially the the inverse of what a uh, a hero would go through in a journey like that. Um, yeah. So well, it's
0: interesting being Gandalf because you you can you make the argument Gandalf is fiery. Gandalf the gray is fiery. Even Gandalf the white as well. But yeah, it's not – there's a difference between being fiery, right, and being angry and and brash, right, and just uh, not in control of your emotions Mm -hmm. for a majority of the time and just – uh being completely selfish Whereas with Gandalf nothing is coming Off as selfish he's being authoritative As you said and trying to lead and guide For the mm-hmm. good of all and that's right? and a lot of That and has so, to do with
2: his characterization because you see Him being wise yep. you see him being careful Um you see him giving advice And being like kind. it's like that that Scene that we've talked about in the past where he's talking To Frodo and Frodo's like a mm-hmm. Bilbo should have killed Gollum and he And he go and he's like well Maybe that's not the the best thing he showed mercy To him it's like will yeah. you give him death like is that is that your place many and, who
0: live deserve to die and many who die deserve to live uh-huh. is it your place to say who should live and who should die? Mm-hmm. and can you give it to them yep something to that extent and the trend just i'll just say this lastly these two things first off again i think they're going to do a worse job at attempting to create a strong female character than uh tolkien did cause a, can create a lot of great, strong female characters. Secondly, also think the trend seems to be lowering, as you stated earlier, in the past they see, oh, men acting these way, this way, so now we got to reverse that. And so what they do is they lower men beneath women rather than creating both strong male and strong female characters and then also having weak male and weak female characters, yeah. right? They show the polar opposites. It's really simple concepts. I don't, it doesn't have to be this you know, competition between who's better and who's worse. Just tell a good story with great character arcs. Right. Yep. But again, getting back to this one, Galadriel's like freaking ancient in this, and she wouldn't be angry and brash at this point.
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You don't live for that long and, and not learn some things and not go through some,
0: uh, uh some, well, especially you know. where she spent time with, uh, M-Melly and the Maiar. Right. And, right. you know, so many other events as well. But anyway, all right. You want to get on to this next topic?
2: Yeah. Right, so, up here. um, bounding into comics put us on to a YouTuber, uh, by the name of Anachronism. I think I'm saying that right. Forgive me if I'm not. Um, and he had kind of this interesting take on the stuff going on with Lord of the Rings. And I, I'm not going to play this whole thing. It's about 30 minutes long. Um, it'll be it'll be linked for everyone. Uh, but I, I wanted to kind of get his main argument because, uh, you know, that's going to be the thing that we see at the very beginning. And I wanted to talk about it a little bit and, and, um, some potential issues that I had with this. So we're just going to, we're going to play a little bit of this, um, and, uh, and just talk about it.
1: Push through Let's something that I know was going to upset people. I wouldn't really share any information with this trailer. I would tease it just enough that people will be like
2: oh by the way this is about the rings of power teaser trailer and what he he believes the best argument to be making towards that is i may be pausing a little bit in between this so we can kind of talk
1: like, okay, okay, it looks interesting, it looks cool, it's flashy. Maybe a minute tops, not give anything, not give anything about the story, not really say anything, so that I can delay the huge amount of backlash and prevent anyone from boycotting the show as much as possible until it's released. Because then once it's released and people see it, and then we go, yep, it's exactly what we thought it would be, it's absolute trash, Um, I can't believe they've done this, how could they do this? Now we're gonna have to wait like another decade until like the IP cools down enough again that we can get another shot at it. But by that point, once we've all seen it, everyone's like, they're all complaining in their little isolated echo chambers. And it's not as effective as if they just say, hey, this is what we're doing. And then everyone goes, no, we're not doing that. And then they lose a whole bunch of money at the box office. Not that Amazon even cares about losing money at the box office. Like the whole go woke, go broke thing doesn't work because people pursue that which is most valuable, not that which is most profitable. So it's much more valuable for them to corrupt Lord of the Rings than it is profitable for them to corrupt Lord of the Rings. And they're doing it anyway. Way, that should tell you something these people aren't stupid
2: okay so let's let's start with his initial assessment okay um he his argument and this isn't the first person i've heard i've heard this from same um is that it's essentially and tell me if i'm if i'm wrong anywhere because obviously we want to try to stay as um uh true truth true to what he's saying is possible yes um he's saying that we should wait for the show to come out to criticize it instead of staying in our, in his words, echo chambers, mm-hmm. criticizing everything that we have now. Does that sound right?
0: Yeah, that sounds right.
2: Okay. um, Listen, I get the argument. I, to some degree, find it to be ridiculous. And he, I believe sees like i i assume because he's got like the books on on the counter or whatever he sees himself as is quite the fan of lord of the rings right yeah he's probably paying attention and i think we'll, we, we might get into it a little bit with the rest of the video he's he's um making this assertion that instead of focusing on the trailer and all the news coming out about this that we should just wait for the show and then speak about the topic
0: yeah because the trailer doesn't tell us everything Right. I think one of the the cruxes arguments that it's a red herring.
2: The the problem is all of the other information that we have. We have story details. We have character details. We have images of all of the characters.
0: We have a Q and A from the showrunners.
2: Yes, we have the detailed information of writers and sh- the two showrunners mm-hmm. for this show. We have their uh, essentially their credentials, their resume. For what they're bringing to the table,
0: we have so, the red flags of people leaving uh former writers and producers of this uh, scholars and uh, or Tom should be being fired yep. other you know Amazon not coming out with who their scholars are other red flags, right
2: so and of course I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to really properly figure out what he's ta- like I, I people put these essays out and mm-hmm. they're they're trying to make a point and I don't um want to necessarily take away from that but it, it's it's a situation where you'd really have to be like sitting with this person and be like okay what did you mean by this like why is it yeah why do you think that the only method right because this is this is something that i, I get the feeling when people are especially especially in this realm saying that we should wait for the show to come out That people mm-hmm. are sort of like gatekeeping criticism a little bit mm-hmm. as if you can't there's make, only
0: one right way to
2: criticize exactly and that you can't make uh an assessment about the trailer and all the information that we have and start to think that the show is headed in a specific way and criticize what's going on based on what we know right like i can yep. one of the things that i told you when we saw the trailer that i was like they're hiding stuff that trailer is moving through things too quickly
0: too quickly they're um, they're trying
2: to get this idea in your head that this is so cool like oh look at these images oh it's saying the king remember the king the fellowship uh, and then the trailer's over and everyone goes wow that looks interesting. Can't wait to see what they do with it.
0: And it's not like, again, one of our criticisms uh, that you mentioned is that that trailer, that teaser trailer, tells us nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing about and, what the show, the first season is going to be about. And he, he admits he be says be, that too. It's supposed to be about the Rings of Power, right? I wouldn't have gotten that from that TV show. I wouldn't even known it was yeah. from that trailer. I wouldn't even have known it was from uh, it was Lord of the Rings unless you told me.
2: Yeah. So let's... And, Oh, sorry. Let's listen to what he has to say a little. Let's dig into it just a little bit
0: more.
1: Okay. Remember when I said that the only way to prevent bad adventurers from abusing power in guilds or government is to train new good adventurers and then let their power keep the evil in check? Well,
2: so it's not really about this, but that's an interesting statement, isn't it? You know what
0: what that sounds like to me? What does it sound like?
2: If we only had the right people in government, things would be better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I picked up right on that. Uh It's like we I think though, I think there is a point to be made about getting infiltrating the system right from the inside out. Right? I think I think more in line of like having I think there is a point to that, but again, I think it comes down to decentralizing from Hollywood not trying to take over an infested machine and sure. branching outward I mean, of I would, that. Although I do see the I do see the reason behind kind of I think what he's trying to get at, which is, you know, coming from the inside out and changing it from the inside out.
2: Right. But then you have people in there that are just going to start doing exactly what they want, right? Like think about it this mm-hmm. way. It's, let's just say hypothetically Daily Wire all of a sudden took over Hollywood. It was like do mm-hmm. you do you think that we would uh be getting this like uh purist uh content coming out of uh out of them that things would really be uh that much different or that it would just be yeah. the same side like the same side of the coin or like different side of the same coin Of the same
0: coin yeah right
2: um that that's what i'm trying to get at and it, it was just he said it and i went
0: oh uh so what what would you say is the would be the answer to th- correcting the problem
2: I, I think you were right i think it's decentralization i now yeah. don't get me wrong it's not like that's that it's an easy answer to a difficult uh a difficult problem, problem because right. we're talking about billion dollar companies that aren't going to give things up that easily but if y- people start waking up if you get the right talent if and like we always talk about 49 percent or 51 percent mm-hmm. right whatever you can give up whatever you are able to uh without totally going crazy remove yourself from that thing we've we've heard from a lot of people who have said you know what uh, i'm done with amazon right i'm giving up all of the stuff for amazon i've had enough of this mm-hmm. and it's like okay that's a percentage of 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 your stuff right it doesn't mean that you necessarily give up netflix or you give up whatever the other um, right. thing is we're we're talking let's just say 51 percent of what you're doing right i mm-hmm. don't buy nikes anymore because of the way that uh the, yep. that things are produced or i don't buy this anymore because of the attitude they have towards certain things that i believe um that's that's sort of the attitude that you can have. Like you may not be able to 100 percent remove yourself from that. Right. The, mm-hmm. the problem is, is that and time and time again, and this is just where I stand on these things, especially with Hollywood and especially in the political realm, people think that they're going to go in. They think that they're going to make a change and they get sucked up right into the beast yep. along with everybody else. Yep exactly so you can say all these fancy words and you can say that you're gonna uh you you can that we need to raise up new governance or we need to raise up new adventurers or whatever the case may be the problem is is that just like the ring of power people are corrupted easily by the things that they want even if they have the right ambitions when they go into mm-hmm. it. it happens exactly all the and, time.
0: and i think the ring of power is a great analogy for this because the, as a saying goes you know to pull a biblical reference out Bad company corrupts good morals, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, and that's the thing is, you have to be a very, there are few and far individuals who can be so determined to not be changed by a system as sick as Hollywood seems to be. Yep. Right. And so, I think it's developing the skills and decentralizing from it, for, forming your own production companies and so on and so forth, yeah. right? And the uh, and competition that, of the Daily Wire is great. Exactly. You know,
2: that's exactly what I was going to say is that uh, uh, I, i'm sus about a lot of the stuff daily wire does but at the they're taking a step in the right direction and i do hope that more independent studios follow suit after what they're doing and they allow people to create the things that they want to create to fail based on the quality of their products as well right to fail or or survive obviously um all right let's play just a little bit more of this Um, i think we're almost through uh his main argument and then we'll uh, uh
1: we'll be done with this one okay here we are The shadow that bred them can only mock, it cannot make not new, real things of its own. This quote and paraphrases of it have been absolutely blasting the new Rings of Power trailer and rightfully so, because everyone of every persuasion and distinction is seemingly united on the one front to oppose that which is likely going to be a desecration of a beloved world. Everyone is ripping the new trailer to shreds, calling it woke, calling it full of identity politics, etc. But here's the thing. The trailer is literally a distraction. Criticizing it is a red herring. It does not tell us
0: Um, Do you agree with that? I do not agree with that. I think you can I think both are true. It doesn't have to be a I think he's creating a false dichotomy. Okay. Um, You can criticize again what's come out so far because it's the way they have presented it right with all the it's not like it's just one teaser trailer as we've mentioned there's the previous examples we've given of the articles that come out, the Q&A, the other red flags, all that stuff. And, you know, where he's going with this is, and I think he's already said, is, you know, get woke, go broke, right? That that's yeah. not necessarily true. And, you know, there's a point to which do I think that Amazon is going to shut down and shutter their doors when this fails? Probably no. not. But this is going to be a major hit for them. Mm-hmm. you know what I mean? and because of how much money and time they've invested. Now, I don't think it's going to, it could be, I think it's going to be a historic failure. I could be wrong, but I still think it's going to be a failure and it's not going to have the success they are hoping for.
2: Yep. Uh, yeah, I, I I tend to agree. I I did bring up the the book of knowledge, Wikipedia, um just so people understand Um, A red herring is something that misleads or distracts from a relevant or important question. It may be either a logical fallacy or a literary device that leads readers Mm -hmm. or audiences towards a false conclusion. Um, This is used a lot in uh, stuff like horror movies. So you'll have a red herring who everyone thinks the killer is this person because it seems so obvious. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then that person either gets killed or it becomes clear that they are not the killer. And, uh, that's essentially what a red herring is. And it comes up in a lot of different ways, whether it's like,
0: put it like this. If you know, I go and get mad at my wife, why didn't you do the dishes? You told me you were doing them. And she says, well, you hurt my feelings yesterday. That's a red herring that has nothing to do with why she didn't do the dishes right mm-hmm. so
2: yeah it's it's essentially a distraction from yeah uh what we're talking about same way we kind of talk about like non-starters they just kind of break off a conversation it's like whoa, whoa whoa, like we're getting away from uh what we're talking about and and this is why yeah. uh it, yeah it's an it's an interesting idea right that you that the trailer is somehow this distraction from the bigger picture but let's let's let him finish up
1: everything and that is on purpose well well what about what about the moose people they look ridiculous it doesn't matter maybe they're just on their way back from the hunt and they're carrying the most valuable part of the animal it's irrelevant the only argument that cannot be refuted and therefore the one that we must make is that amazon blatantly disrespects the lore and by extent tolkien's legacy their marketing arms in the media are openly hostile and like almost every other subverted ip in the entire past decade they hate you and they want to see you replaced this is.
2: I actually don't agree or disagree with most of that, except for he's kind of straw manning an argument with the moose people um, as if that's, that is the thing that everyone's focused on when he knows that the (laughs) moose people are not the thing that everybody is, is focused on with the trailer.
0: There's so many other things. It's just a little part of the pie, right?
2: Yeah. If you're going to, if you're going to try to make an argument about why the trailer isn't important, uh, address, why the concerns the people conser- are having exactly the 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 Major female dwarf, ones. Galadriel, um, Arondir, Arondir, the potential the short, for- hell,
0: the sh- short hair elves. Yes, um,
2: and uh, things like Gandalf potentially being in the trailer. Why are hobbits in the Second Age? There's a lot of different things yep. that people are asking questions about that were in that minute trailer, and you picked the moose people. <laughs> So, and and here's the deal, man, it's like he may get into that further into the video, but when you're making an argument and you're starting your video out with the argument, you have to put all of that up front and then you break down that stuff. So the Moose people is a bit of a straw man because let's be real, people were like, all right, they're there. They look like they're hunting. Like no one is saying like those moose people go against Tolkien's legacy and his lore. Yeah. It's like no one's do- no one's doing that. No one exactly. Uh, yeah, he's probably right. It's it's probably gonna be a a simple scene that you see. That's like a a b roll shot of some people walking along because in all of the Lord of the Rings movies, people are walking along in the mountains, um, you know, doing their thing.
0: Hey, well, my whole thing is are are people not already critic? The main criticisms are coming from people criticizing. Amazon taking a direct contradiction from the lore, right? Yes. You know, and so I, I really oh, I'm confused by his point there that yeah. people are already criticizing Amazon for not sticking to the lore. So, again, what point are you trying to make? Yeah. That's already happening.
2: Yes. Um. Not to mention that you it's know, not
0: like people are just saying you can't have a black dwarf, right? Right. You know, or black elf. It's not that. It's just well, it's weird because. You're literally creating token characters in a place that the author was very direct. Represented Norse, Anglo-Saxon, Saxon, and uh, Celtic um, folklore, right? Mm-hmm. So, um,
2: when did we? W- was there an exact date when we found out that uh, they only had the rights to the Silmar- or excuse me, to uh, the Lord of the Rings, Hobbit, and um, the appendices? Do, man, or, do was you like know? A-
0: because this was put, just, was, I think it was a week before, a week or two before we did um, our videos on Lord of the Rings. Okay, so so this was a month or so ago. Okay, so this was
2: released February nineteenth, twenty twenty two. So I, I don't want to go into an argument about that specifically if mm-hmm. we don't know that, but I'll, I'll I'll bring this up. It's like all this information is coming out. There's a reason to criticize uh, a a uh, a production that says we're doing something that's based in the second age in this specific mm-hmm. time period oh by the way we don't really have the main <laughs> source material for this so we're kind of just making things up yeah. right there's a reason to criticize listen and this is what i was telling somebody the other day criticism right is you analyzing something getting thoughts about it and giving your opinion on that That's right. r- that's for the most part that's all that it is you're you're and, and it, you can be wrong in your criticism, right? And you can be objectively correct in your in your uh, opinions. Because everyone has this idea that opinions are these things where, that are completely based on emotion. Where it's like, well, your opinion is this and my opinion is this. So how can I be wrong and you be right or whatever? And it's like, well, I can show you objectively why the opinions that I have based on what I've done. And I can argue for specific things. To give you my answers, right? Where right. a lot of the time people's stuffs based on emotion. Now, and and that's part of the problem. Where you know we, you remember the uh, the 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 rings of power, f- like super fans. Yeah. Right. Everything that they were doing was subjective. Everything was based on their emotional. Their emotions. Yes, they're seeing these things and they're feeling these ways, and that's why they like it, right? We're with a lot of. Uh, Lord of the Rings fans, whether you're uh, deep into the lore, whether it was just the movies, whether you just really like the books and you've read them uh, mm-hmm. since you were a kid, whatever the case may be, wherever you fall in that, and you say, hey, this isn't living up to the legacy of Tolkien. This isn't something that we... Um, uh, like. That we not like. adhering yeah. to the lore. Yeah. It's like we are fans, no matter th- where we fall on the spectrum of, of fans of Lord of the Rings, um... There are people that just want it to be respected. Uh, and, yeah. and that is the major argument with all of this. It, it, it goes um, beyond this like intersectional stuff, um, mm-hmm. it goes beyond the ESG stuff. It goes beyond um, just like the way that we're whether we can or can't criticize a trailer and whether or not it's a distraction, It has a lot to do with the fact that it it seems to be very disrespectful and the way that Amazon is going about it, and I would say especially after that Superfans trailer came out, Yeah, is is proving this right? Not to mention, man, the Wheel of Time. We had an. I told you this when Wheel of Time came out, and I watched the first episode, and I said, Joseph, we have a problem. We that Wheel of Time is is, going to be bad. Yeah, Wheel of Time is not looking good, and I got through those first three episodes, and I I know people who are massive, massive fans of that, and they're like, dude, I listen to the
0: fan channel that came out and said that, uh, yeah, Lord of the Rings is going to be terrible because all the red flags that were present with The Willow of Time, and I'm a huge fan of Willow of Time, all came to fruition mm-hmm. with the show, and it was terrible. And, and all those red flags are there with Lord of the Rings. So it's, you know, fool me once, shame on me, and, or and, shame on you. Yeah, Fool me twice, shame on you. Yeah,
2: and anarchism is right to some degree that the trailer's not the only thing. I don't think it's a distraction. Um I think it's a piece of evidence it's mm-hmm. something that we have to look at to dissect and to analyze right and then to criticize either negatively or positively depending on on what we think. Yeah. And he's also correct that when the show comes out we're going to do the same thing and I will be the first to admit if somehow this thing is Ends up the, up the greatest good. thing of all time right yes. we're, we're like wow like that ain't and, gonna happen yeah and that's the thing is like even if it's like okay here's a moment from the show that i actually liked here's here's something that i have that's act that i, I feel to be positive even if this thing's a mm-hmm. dumpster fire right that is completely possible but right. to essentially gatekeep and say hey you like everyone is getting this wrong i have the correct answer Y'all are all being distracted by this trailer and the moose people. That's not. That's not really what's going on. It's just like, yep.
0: uh, it's a false dichotomy. Yeah,
2: it's like, hey man, you
0: can do both. You can criticize the wokeness and you can criticize. Um,
2: You can criticize the wokeness and you can criticize it based on what it actually is.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: So so when this comes out, right? Thank you. You and I are going to break down these episodes. We're going to talk about these things. You're going to talk about the lore. I'm going to tell you why camera shots are terrible or why certain things look really good or Mm -hmm. or where they got things right or why costuming doesn't look good. We're going to both strip
0: naked while we talk about it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get a a big, I'm going to get all this Lord of the Rings paraphernalia to convince people that I'm the biggest Lord of the Rings fan on the face of the planet uh, because that's what YouTubers are supposed to do.
0: Call it the super fan trailer oh my or gosh. Episode reaction Super,
2: uh, super fans react <laughs> to the first super episode, episode. Yep.
0: Trailer rea- or yep. Episode 1 reaction yep, Exactly Alright
2: Well, let's Speaking move, of super fans, super fans Let's move on to the main event And that is The Batman starring Robert Pattinson um, Actually are we going to Hang on are we going to talk about um, Do you want to save the Zoe Kravitz thing for Another time
0: yeah, let's just save it. Let's save it for okay. next week. You want to? Uh, yeah, let's get into the Batman. Boop. Let me get
2: rid of all of my other documents. Um, okay, so the Batman is finally out. Uh, yes, Joseph,
0: what did you think, dude? I thought it was a good movie, okay. but with flaws. Like, if I was to do, if I was to rate it on, I don't know, five stars, I would probably give it a four star. Wow. You know, okay. three and a half, maybe. Okay. Maybe three and a half would probably be more accurate. Um, I think cinematography wise, and set wise, excellent. Five stars. Excellent. Amazing. Yeah. Atmosphere is Yeah. I
2: I was what? I was uh very impressed with Gotham. Um, it.
0: I will say it's a character unto itself, right? Yes.
2: Yes. Which is uh uh something that's good that it felt like they tried harder to do that i will say and this is such a minor thing but i noticed it because this movie is so long gotham yeah. is really like wet and rainy a lot yes and it, yes and there, it is. there was a moment where i was like does it ever stop like raining in the city <laughs> like it, it's like all the time and it's like guys i i get that uh that you're you're making an atmosphere here but it's like if if it's it's like the big you get a lot of that in the beginning of the movie the the penguin chase scene it's like pouring down rain every time he's going to penguins club it seems like it's pouring down it's raining um but yes uh, overall overall set atmosphere uh gotham itself uh the cinematography Excellent. There's some really really good shots. Inspired, oh, yeah. if you will.
0: And uh, the score and is great too. Yeah. You know, with Gotham. Bum,
2: bum, bum, bum.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> with Gotham, man, it like it being its own character. It really is set apart from, you know, the Nolan trilogy which was, which was really just New York, right? And then yeah. the Tim Burton ones which was just a more heightened like comic book version of it. Uh-huh. Uh with more, in more goth right yeah this this
2: falls closer to the grounded side but still has a bit yes. of that like comic booky feel to it
0: um, it's definitely falls more to me on the grounded and realism side than the comic book side mm-hmm. well, i would put it on that end
2: it's it's a little weird at times because some shots remind me of nolan but mm-hmm. then the, some shots are very stylized yeah um yeah it's definitely not in the the over the top um uh george clooney batman and robin yes. style thing where i mean that that stuff was like way over way way over the Best top
0: movie ever yeah, yeah yeah
2: hey i have like it's so funny uh some some of the people that uh I, i've been talking to or whatever were like trashing it on the stream and i was like no i kind of have a soft spot for that movie like i know that it's terrible did? what, what a think. nerd no i know it's a terrible movie it's it's not a it's not a question of like from you know uh, massive critic standards whether batman and robin is good or not it's like no it, but it, it's got a charm to it it's it's something that um you like kind of hate watch to a degree um yeah but it, how you we know. hate
0: watch mean girls together
2: uh, sh- sure i guess <laughs> anyway
0: no uh i love the like again the dark the grittiness of gotham but specifically the the beaming world of crime and how like it's all shot at night for the like literally 99% of the movie uh-huh. and the ruggedness and the corruption, you can tell it's a worn down city. And I really yeah. saw that they, the conclusion, the first thing I thought of after I left the theater is they took all the cues from the Joker movie for, that Todd Phillips directed it, because he did a great job in capturing, in my opinion, the city of Gotham as being rugged, this dark. You know, uncaring. You know about the the lower class of people, the poor people. And I really see the Joker as I could see this the Joker being a prequel to this movie, right? Yeah. And setting that scene anyway. Love the realism aspect. The score, man, dude. I just it's not good the that, entire that time, but for a majority of the movie, I could feel the tension.
2: Yeah, that theme uh works really, really well. Um, yes. The uh the first. Of four acts technically is uh i think the strongest part of the movie um i think he uh his entrance at the very beginning is very mm-hmm. very good i think that um him i i kind of like the aspect of him like journaling everything and he yes. he feels like a a significantly more thoughtful batman like he's he's uh systematic in the way that he's act- going about stuff you know
0: yeah you we actually get to see him act as a detective right yeah so the i don't want greatest detective yeah, so to say we'll
2: get into it with the spoilers or whatever i'm i'm iffy on the mystery aspect of this movie i okay I, so here here's the thing i if you know me i don't i don't give ratings for things or whatever it's it's basically just um breaking stuff down and and talking right. about the different aspects of it um i came out of the movie very mixed very yeah. very mixed um
0: I was I was having difficulty processing it myself.
2: Uh, part of that is because it's a three-hour movie, and I think it's far too long. Agreed. Um, I think, and this is something that a lot of people have been saying. I think th- some people are saying you could just cut out the, the fourth act of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there's a lot of stuff that you could cut down, not only with certain characters, um, mm-hmm. but you also could have tightened up the mystery a little bit because it goes on for so long, and there's actually mm-hmm. threads of it that never get resolved. Mm -hmm. um but again i mixed and i lean and i and i told people this that i lean more towards and this is where i landed i was like i had i told some people i was like i have thoughts Mm -hmm. but i am interested in seeing what they do with a sequel that's kind of that was kind of where i landed as far as like a non-spoilery ish deal um i uh i think yeah i I think the detective stuff was cool um Mm -hmm. i'm leaning on the side of that it the 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 mystery was either too simple and was portrayed as being more complicated than it was because there's this cipher and like mm-hmm. he's ha- he's having to do all these different things and like alfred is helping him figure that out but the thing is is like we're being told that it's complex right a lot of the time it's not actually being shown to me and going like, the only stuff that we get to potentially figure out is like, oh, he has this riddle, right? But it, it, mm-hmm. it's not as if we're able as the audience the to- the
0: audience gets to participate in that.
2: Exactly. And I, I think there is, maybe that's okay. I, I, I'm, I'm a little critical of it because I'm being told that this is really difficult. I'm, I'm not actually connected to how difficult this is for Batman. Um, mm-hmm. And I also think there, they- make him like he figures these things out right where it's like oh we figured out the riddle or whatever but he doesn't necessarily come off as like the world's greatest detective to me which is something that mm. everyone always compliments batman as being like people mm. wanted to see batman being a detective but being very good at what he does right um, and i don't want to get into it too much until we get to the spoiler section but there's like yeah. a couple moments in it where you're like it feels like they mess that up Just in certain places.
0: Well, Um, I will say this. I think I'm glad this is is definitely not geared towards children. I mean, this is a pushing the boundaries of the PG-13. I would have said it's more like a soft R-rated movie. Um, But it's definitely a movie for adult sensibilities, and they don't give, in my opinion. Again, I've only seen it one time, and it's a long movie. But... I don't think there are any any immature platitudes just thrown in to kind of wrap things up uh, in a simple way. I enjoy the detective noir style, it focusing more on Batman as a vigilante rather than a superhero and keeping it like you you could actually see a more realistic way of someone being Batman, right? Uh, And then, too, I I felt like the Batcave – I
2: was okay with that. Yeah,
0: was a legit. It could be a legitimate place, right? Uh huh. It I, didn't I, seem like this obscure, random cave that's you know very more on the fantasy side. I, I don't. We'll get in and the Riddler's I, I guess lair, it's not, lair as well. Was great.
2: Uh, hey,
0: sir, what was that? I said. I also said, I thought the Riddler's lair was great.
2: Oh, his lair. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. Like a his his apartment.
2: Yeah. His his lair was really really cool. Yeah. I mean. I, Okay, so let's talk about let's talk about characters because there's some spoiler stuff that I, I definitely want to get into because I think that's where the meat of it is, uh, but let's obviously do we don't want to you know we don't we want to be do,
0: can we do spoilers now? Uh, hang on, I, I well I want to talk about
2: just some of the characters. Um,
0: okay, what can do we you, th- start with the main?
2: What do you think? Well, I was going to ask you what do you think of, uh, Pattinson's Batman?
0: I was mixed on it. I thought he did a great job as the Batman, and I'm glad they focused more on that. Right. Uh-huh. I thought he did a subpar job as Bruce Wayne.
2: I I actually think he's probably the worst Bruce Wayne. I like yeah. legitimately. He's absolutely bottom tier for me. They were trying to go apparently with this whole like Kurt Cobain, uh, really depressing like hair in the eyes Emo yeah, type it, of.
0: It just it's. That's actually what I put down in my notes yeah. is that Bruce acts as a Mayday prey character that didn't work for me.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. Those guys are more clean cut than he is.
0: (laughs) Um, You know, and again, I'm not he doesn't have to be this, uh, you know, playboy and stuff like that. I'm fine with it. I disagree. disagree? Well, I only say that because in not in all the comic like So there's different variations, right, of Batman that you get and Bruce Wayne that you get. And this is loosely based on the long Halloween comic. And there are other comics to where Bruce Wayne, yes, he is a playboy in some regard, but others more show the tortured side of him. The the more uh, well,
2: you can listen, you can do that, but when you have a character who
0: is playing is, two separate characters, really,
2: exactly. So he's he's this vigilante who's getting the crap beat out of him and he's also this millionaire right so Mm -hmm. if you have this recluse who has lots of money someone they don't even have to be that smart is gonna figure out who he is which is the Mm -hmm. reason that he has the persona of bruce wayne because Mm -hmm. a lot of people will tell you that uh the real bruce wayne uh died when his parents died right and that he he is He is Batman, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. that's who he really is, and that his persona is there to keep up appearances so that people don't think that he's nuts. Right. And now here's the thing, and and I'll say this because they hint at maybe that changing in the next one, and I don't think that's really spoilers. There's there's hints that he grows, that he actually has somewhat of a character arc. I honestly am not that convinced by it in the movie. If I'm being Uh, honest with you, I don't. I I'm not convinced by Batman's character arc in this movie. And again. I want to see it again. It's why I'm mixed. Because um, there are there are things that I like about this. I think again, his introduction is fantastic.
0: Yeah, and him is uh, he plays the Batman. Great. Like, I think so. Um, well. And I just think with the Bruce Wayne, it, it, with going forward, unless he has a character art where he changes, they need to just stick to focusing more on the Batman. I would even say in the second movie, even with the character art, yeah, you know, show him developing that Bruce Wayne persona more, like growing into that, uh-huh. maturing into that because I, one of the things be right I love that. About, I, would one of be things right I love that. about this is that you know, he's not this Boy Scout Mary Sue type character where he's perfect. He's year two Batman. Um, so he's not year one, but he's not fully matured to where he's you know great at everything for the most part. Sure. Um, he still messes up like with when he launched his parachute when he was escaping, and oh, we'll get into that. Freaking, yeah, yeah, I yeah, got, yeah, I got, yeah, I, got I got
2: some stuff. I got some
0: issues with some of the stuff that <laughs> some of the decisions but, I mean,
2: they creatively.
0: <laughs> but again, when he goes toe to toe with Catwoman, he. Man handles her because of course he would. he's freaking Batman. Yeah, he's in this giant um,
2: like suit of armor essentially, and yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And he's like, I, better at
0: fighting than Catwoman. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's talk about villains. But I just couldn't distinguish between the Batman and Bruce the same character to
2: me. Yeah, and and Bruce is hard. And he's hardly
0: Bruce in the Robert, movie. Yeah. And he, did, Robert Pattinson, definitely played up the tormented, reluctant hero role, consumed with self-pity.
2: Yeah, he's vengeance, right? He's you not know? even like he's almost like not even yeah. really Batman until the very end of the movie. Like he doesn't understand his purpose, and I, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. I, I, I would question why it took him two years to figure it out. Um, yeah. Because I, we don't really have a lot of and information. Then saying,
0: huh? Him, seeing, he, him saying GD, this is just a personal thing for me. Him saying GD threw me off because that's off character for Batman, um. in, in my opinion. I know the more modern uh, comics have him cursing more, but I felt like Batman was always, even when he acted in rage, was still in control of that rage to not fully get to an obscene point like that, if, if that makes any sense at all.
2: I, I guess I,
0: to Frecious be honest, I didn't even notice. Me, yeah.
2: I, I didn't even notice. Yeah. Um, let, let's talk about the villains. Um, just general thoughts, uh, about them. I, I think they, they range from excellent to why are you in this movie?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess, do you want to talk about the Riddler first? Yeah. Okay. I, I, Fine, old boy. Uh, let me just start right here. here.
2: Let me just start with this. Um, I don't think it's uh, Paul Dano's fault at all. Um, if that gives you any clue about how I felt about it, but I thought he was the most overhyped character in a Batman movie in forever. Like everyone was really. Yes, they were going at, at this thing like he is the most amazing character. He's you know Joker level, and this is the thing that happens all the time when all these movies yeah. come out is everyone has to um, stack this up to the like the goat essentially and and let's be real in the general public the goat is somewhere in the line of the dark knight even though a lot of like super quote-unquote super fans i sorry that has negative connotations now well what i'm saying is people who are like really big fans of batman uh put mask of the phantasm uh up there as well as and like some Mm -hmm. people will tell you that that is like the perfect batman movie Uh, we're not here to discuss that this is just kind of what we're kind of the area that we're talking about um Mm -hmm. i i thought he was like fine you know i i don't he's I not completely he's, disagree with you oh, i think
0: really I, I think he's a pretty weak character um he he's i disagree with you i think you're i think you're right like the so the so i didn't dissect it into four separate acts i dissected it into three separate acts and the la basically i don't want to spoil anything so i'm not gonna say it but basically the third act is where he falls if they keep the character arc developing to where um, he's all about exposing just the corruption and taking out, in, in a wrong way, but taking out the um, corrupted politicians and people behind all of this. Not just the politicians, but the people behind this. Yeah. I think that more so suits the character. But in the end, he is left as wheat because he just his character completely takes a different turn and it's just for me it was jarring because i'm like well that doesn't make sense because you have this entire build up right yeah to why he's doing these things and all of a sudden it's just nope insane um and but yeah he's developed he's developed as this intentional thoughtful reflective um yeah he's insane but serial killer right he's not just Doing things willy-nilly and I just thought Matt Reeves did a bad job in the third act of I just, of just taking a dive off of that I did like the costume design I like the serial killer aspect of it I like the um, mystery detective noir aspect of it and eh, I thought I thought it was a great character up until like I said act three uh, I, I think he so was Then they pr- kind of left me more mixed on him I
2: thought he was characterized very poorly I think his costume design is uninspired, and he, really? yeah, I, I think his his whole arc completely falls flat by the end, because it's like he goes mm. through this whole thing, and then his plan was to have some goons shoot some people. Sorry, that's slightly spoilerish. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> but like that's you know, um,
0: it, it doesn't give away like yeah, a ton, but saying. that's that's where that's where it falls flat for me. Yeah, I just and I think into that more the more spoiler uh, part. I think that, uh, but yeah
2: i think penguin was a significantly stronger villain like signi- oh, uh, like significantly stronger
0: not only i in, thought penguin colin farrell was a standout act in this entire movie agreed
2: yeah we can agree on that for sure because he yeah. uh not only does he completely absorb himself into that role and then like the makeup team you want to you t- we're talking about design or something H- his whoever did the makeup for him deserves an academy award
0: dude like I they could do not tell that it's was incredible.
2: Um, yep. I actually, I like the design of, um, of Batman for the most part too. We'll get into his, um, uh, his plot armor in this movie a little bit later, almost literally. Um, <laughs> but other than that, I think he, his design is actually, is, is quite good. Um, let's see. Oh, and then you have, um, the
0: mob guy. The I mob. thought he did a great job as a, oh man, I Sal really, Moroni Yes. Sal Moroni I don't know I should why. know better than this cause I'm a the i love the long halloween yeah uh comic book series i don't know why
2: they're in this movie though no i i, it's I too know much. why just yeah well that's the thing is I like okay so just because it's part of like source material right it's like yeah you they have this whole plot like subplot that goes on with that mm-hmm. you could have cut most of it it wouldn't have made much of a difference yeah. for the movie you could have made I a think... significantly tighter movie without the a lot mm-hmm. of the mob stuff being there penguins there you mentioned um uh, Moroni, and you don't have to have this big arc going... Like, another arc going throughout the entire thing. Because yeah. at that point, you're getting into this realm that, that a lot of superhero movies struggle with, where when you have this many villains in a movie, nobody gets to necessarily be standout. Um, yeah. Colin Farrell happens to be that good of an actor. Um, but yeah, I just... I, I, I'm i like... I think I, they
0: should have focused more on... on... It's hard, because you have to give the riddler i think they did a great job doing the riddler and not doing the freaking joker uh doing the riddler i thought was great i'm i was fine with the design um because i again i understand kind of i don't know how else i could have designed it again because i'm not that creative of a person uh in regards to the type the style of the movie they were trying to create
2: they but their design went let's make him kind of creepy Right, yeah. and it's it's one of those things that it's like it's not necessarily. I think there's like some good moments with him, like the opening of the movie's pretty good, um, when mm-hmm. he's when he's stalking uh, the mayor. The mayor. Um, I I there, but he like the way that the and again this I I don't want to get too much into the spoilers, but the way that he kind of progresses through this thing, and then there's like a, a pretty big uh thing that's like almost talked about halfway through the movie with with who Riddler is and his -hmm. connection to everything and then it just gets dropped and we don't we don't don't really see it throughout the rest of the movie and that's why I'm saying like he's he's there he's got some interesting stuff going on with him or whatever and they they like they go maybe a little more than halfway with this whole detective thing um Mm -hmm. And then it, it, it just kind of falls flat into what I see as the four, essentially the fourth act slash the end of the movie, where it becomes sort of this generic uh, like final thing. and in you're it. like, like, why do I care about anything that's going on here? Um, it just it feels completely out of place for what they were originally trying to do because I'm saying like they come in swinging hard with that first act. Mm-hmm. Um, the introduction of Batman, the stuff that, that like Riddler's doing, and then just like over time, it feels like they completely lose track of what's going on, and they get lost yeah. in the weeds with a lot of the different plot lines that they're trying to to finish up.
0: So, I was going to say, as far as things they could they could have convinced that I also convinced that I wasn't convinced on was uh, the Wayne and. You know, his oh, father the, and mother's the, side of the story and the being refresh tied into fund everything. or
2: whatever. Do you remember it the was The Renewal? Some, the Renewal Fund. And
0: Arkham City and and you know, I yeah, just
2: they play they play up the white man privilege bad angle at one point in the movie with Catwoman and it it falls super flat. Like well, super, I'm, not about, I'm not even talking
0: about – I'm not even – we can talk about that. I'm more so just the revelation of his family being involved in the corruption I thought was unnecessary. Well, they do and that. And seem to only serve the plot and move it forward rather than anything about the story they were trying so to tell, they right? do.
2: They do that, right? But then they kind of take it back. Like it's yes. it's kind of a, oh, your your father and mother were horrible people. And then you find out maybe 45 minutes later, it's like, well – not really. He like yeah. kind of had to do what he did, but he did it out of a, a, uh, out of good intentions. He just trusted the wrong people. Like it's right. It, it's very like, if you're going to go there, Does yeah. it doesn't
0: do anything no. to the plot. It doesn't, it's not anything that's helpful or hopeful. If Robert Pattinson just goes back into crying and, <laughs> you know, to Alfred and uh, really which we can talk about, about talk about Alfred here pretty soon, but I don't think Reeves uh, going back to the Catwoman comment you're referring to. I don't yeah. think he properly set up the big moments of the movie. So what I mean is that Catwoman's line about privilege—what she exactly said was, "Let's take down these white privilege buttholes." Yeah. Um, and the problem for me with that is, okay, well, what do you mean by that? Because before all of this, there is nothing highlighting any type of racial tension in Gotham. It's no, it's a very, justice versus injustice. Uh-huh. These bad guys that are corrupt who are paid off by the mob.
2: Yep. Uh yeah, exactly. All, it's it's it so falls flat. It it it's, makes her out to yep. seem like not a very good person. Like, well,
0: David, you know why that was inserted, right? Oh yeah,
2: of course, it, ha- it had to be there. Jar
0: Jar Abrams, man, bad reboot. <laughs> you, you can't help it; it had to come out. Fair you enough. Know? Fair enough.
2: But yeah, it it can, in a way like it makes Catwoman's character completely fall flat. And we can go. I, I don't want to get into the spoilers with like her arc yeah. in the movie. Um, but it was one of those things where you're like, uh, like not only is that. A, a problem because it it feels like just that that insert that they have to put in there because every mm-hmm. movie has to say something yes, about gee. that now. Um but you also have this whole thing where it's like okay, well let's let's take this from the the point of view of like how does that characterize Catwoman? It's like she sees herself um as a victim and she mm-hmm. sees whether it, it she sees the mob as a uh, a social justice issue rather than the fact that it's like these are terrible people who are murdering and uh, killing people and they could care less what any of these people look like, right? Not, right. To, not to mention, we get a scene at the beginning in Batman's opening scene mm-hmm. where it's a diverse group of thugs beating up an Asian man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's it, one of those things that it's like, what are we doing? You know, I don't want to get into a lot of other shows, um, but we've talked about in the past that it's like they... They make these statements that make no sense for what's going on in the world that we're currently in, in the world. It
0: made, it was so, jar- like, I know a lot of people complained online that this ruined the movie for me. It nah, didn't ruin the movie for me. it didn't ruin me. the movie for me either. That, it's, it's just that something that's, that's like, like, it's something I, I heard, and I was just like, roll my cringe. eyes. And it was, yeah. it was, it, I was into the. I escaped, right? I was into the movie. I wasn't thinking about life and who was around me and the the two families that had left in the movie because they had their kids and they didn't realize um, what this movie was going to be about. Yeah, I think um, I think she but was. I was I was so involved, and then this she says that line, and it's so jarring. It takes That's me true. out because there was no kind of lead up, setup, and there's other big moments. That Matt Reeves does this with, right? Yeah. And one of the things I had completely forgot about that's in the last act was the election. I'm like,
2: yeah, I thought what? about I thought what? about at one point in the movie that was like, hey, what happened to that whole mayor mayor subplot?
0: um Dude. And so like, how did she win with the mom's involvement in that too yeah
2: yeah it was very that whole thing was very <laughs> Is it weird just i think the she won died surely yes. another
0: candidate would have came up i know
2: i think it was by default that she
0: she technically won
2: okay so <laughs> the i want to ask one more question before we get into spoilers uh, oh, okay no, two, we have two other characters that we need to talk about yeah um yeah. let's start with alfred and then i want to know your feelings on jim gordon as well
0: okay alfred <laughs> That's what I think. And so, then no offense to Andy Serkis. I think he's a great actor. And I think – let me rephrase it. I'm more mixed on him. Uh-huh. Um, he <laughs> did know, better you can take th- it back. <laughs> it, uh- take
2: your fart noise back, Joseph.
0: <laughs> well, I say I'll, I'll give it <clears throat> to mix. Um,
2: <laughs> can, I, can I tell I you what I'm – saying
0: that because he's better than I thought he was going to be. Uh-huh. But, again, Alfred's supposed to be this older, suave, British, wise man, right? He's a father figure to, Al- to Bruce – um, and yet, he doesn't come across as a father figure. Almost
2: well, he's he's hardly in the movie, which yeah. is, a, is a major problem. And you're right. I don't see. I don't think it's Andy Circus. I think it's the way that that he's written. Um, mm-hmm. they yeah, he's supposed to come across as a father figure. I like the connection that they have at the very beginning. And this is, at first I went, oh, I was like, okay, maybe yeah. they're going to have this really close connection. Alfred's yes. going to help him through this entire thing. He's going to be learning from Alfred a little bit about this new thing that he has to like overcome. They because they just turn it. Yeah, and then he's, uh, yeah, and something happens and he's hardly in the movie uh, for the rest and he's of
0: it. A, and, he, and, he's, and, and then all of a sudden Bruce just views him as uh, a bad you know, father figure yeah, it's that so he had light. in his life. And of life. course he has to
2: be the bad father figure. It's like, the, yeah. again, another thing that they throw into it that it's just like, come on guys. Like this to- this is not, this is not good uh, the way that nope. you're handling this. this. isn't what people want out of Alfred and Batman. Okay.
0: So Jim Gordon. I, had, I didn't have a problem with Jim. I thought he was great. He's fine. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't think There's he's, no- There's no – again, and we go back to racial tension, there's no kind of racial tension developed there. I mean even some of the cops are uh, minorities as well. Uh, And so I thought it worked for me even – I mean traditionally, obviously, Jim Gordon's white and stuff like that. But Gotham, for me, I'm not a purist when it comes to the Batman. Right. Uh, But Gotham isn't a world. It's a diverse world. So it makes sense that Jim Gordon could be a black guy, right? sure oh.
2: well it's 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 fine i mean it's it's their version of it yeah they don't make any sort of big deal out of it and to be honest jim jim is kind of a static character through the movie like mm-hmm. he doesn't really have any like triumphant moments you know he's no. kind of just there you can tell that he's had like a past relationship with batman which i will we'll get into in spoilers a little bit more um i don't I don't have a problem with him. He has probably one of my favorite lines in the movie where the two of them are going into a building at one point and he pulls out a gun and Batman goes, no guns. And he goes, that's your thing, man. <laughs> I, I liked that. that. I liked that line quite a bit. Um, so, and that's something I did appreciate with the movie is that it's pretty staunch serious throughout. You don't have this yep. whole like Marvel, these moments happen oh. and then the comedy has to loop a come in because you can't have everyone feel a certain way about something, you know? I
0: think that's because DC learned from the Joker, man. I'm telling you, they learned from Todd Phillips in that movie um see they got a lot more stuff coming out this year (laughs) uh, well yeah at least when it comes to batman and that whole thing but i would say i don't feel like i said enough about catwoman i think zoe did a other than that one line i thought she did a great job as catwoman i mean she used her femininity femininity to her advantage Uh to get information and then she kicked some butt when she needed to as well yep she didn't automatically
2: good with that stuff i again i need to go back and watch it again um there's there's a little bit of sus- of like suspension of disbelief with some of the, her situations um, that I think she finds herself in, um, and we don't really get uh, there's other than her being Catwoman, right? Mm-hmm. Or this kind of being the beginning of that. Like I'm not exactly sure why she has the ability to do what she does, um, and I guess to some degree you could say the same about Batman. But it's actually one of the good things about this movie is that they don't give him an origin story.
0: You know what? So I'll say this. I'm fine with their take. I don't have to see Selena Kyle come to be Selene or come to be Catwoman. I'm fine. Well, that, that's hey, not exactly what I'm Cap- saying. OK,
2: what I'm saying is, is that a lot of the time when so, for instance, when you have a character um, and, and there and this is what a lot of movies do now, especially with established IPs, um, they assume you kind of are already aware of what these characters can do right Mm -hmm. and you can kind of go that route in batman from a creative uh point because we don't need to see another origin story with him yeah
0: same thing with spider-man right
2: exactly but catwoman comes in and it's like well you know if you have a lot of people who aren't 100 percent aware of her except she's kind of involved in batman we -hmm. don't really know why she is as agile and is can not go toe to toe with batman but has the ability to do what she does in a majority of the movie and it's not a point yeah it's not a big deal really and there's i I, i'm fine with any kind of argument where it's like we you know she can fall into a similar category as batman she's an established character Uh, a lot of people are going to understand that and most people going to see it aren't going to question what's exactly going on it's just it's one of those things where it's like she works she she works in this bar uh she uh, has connections to um, other characters in the movie, but mm-hmm. I don't understand why she has the ability to uh, m- kick as high as she as she can. Right? Like, right? It's it's like if all of a sudden like Jim Gordon started doing stuff like that, people would kind of quite like, okay, he's a police officer. Why is can he now you do a roundhouse By kick that way on someone? That's that's. I kind guess of I just saw her at.
0: more as an established character as yeah, uh, along with fair. the Batman, so that's why, or yeah. along with Batman, so that's why I kind of you know. That was fine with me, it, yeah. But it's absolutely fair. I will fair. say I love the fact that she was not a Mary Sue; that she didn't uh-huh. just automatically beat Batman in yep. a fight. Batman manhandled her. Yep. Not that she didn't really hold up, but you could see, like, even when he calls it's, her, it's, it's it's like I re- I saw it as wow. like if a if a uh, high schooler or a middle schooler or a little kid was trying to fight me, right? I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah,
2: he calls he actually calls her out at one point too for. Um, her decision making like some of the yeah. things she's going to do he's like no we don't no we're not no don't do and that I, it's like you don't want to go down that path
0: he had the best line to me when he said I know um when he said you don't have to pay too yeah I thought that was that, yeah. that yeah. line to it's me stood out alright let's so.
2: let's get into some of the spoilers because oh I'm
0: sorry let me just say this last yes. thing. I thought Reeves did a great job of balancing her character with Batman without making it like a team focused movie like Batman and Catwoman yeah uh all right let's do it spoiler okay. so
2: let me go off this 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 point with catwoman for a second okay i think she gets significantly
0: too much screen time in this movie oh you do <laughs> yeah i ah, see i thought differently but again i've only seen it one time so. i
2: i don't think she should have been such a focus in this um mm. i assume she's coming back for the sequel um you know they this is spoilers by the way we're in spoiler territory at this point so at the end of the movie they talk about how she's going to um was it Bloodhaven, which is a uh something it, it, well it's uh. it's a um a nod to batman because that's where nightwing ultimately ends up like it's it's pretty well connected to uh now obviously nightwing's not even going to be in, probably be introduced in these movies because that's way down the line um, right but it, it's a little nod like oh ha, ha that's from the comics um, but I assume at some point she's going to be coming back. Uh, I imagine they're going to have the whole bat and the cat thing. Like they're hinting at that going on. Um,
0: yeah, I just, I hope they don't do that.
2: I, I don't know, man.
0: I, I, think, would, I won't I think hate it depending happen. on how it's done, but yeah, and maybe not.
2: Maybe he'll have like different love interests throughout the, the series or whatever. Um, but I, I think I would her rather
0: see like poison Ivy.
2: Yeah. I think her character arc in this movie is boring. I don't care about this weird family drama with her and um Russian uh, chick well no and Maroney oh yeah that's just fine like the the, like her friend being the thing that gets her involved with that it's fine that's it's a thing that sets her off into being involved with Batman um I, I I I like Batman being the detective thing and I would like it more if he hadn't been so reliant on her for certain situations you know, like there's like that whole mm-hmm. thing where she's like going through like, and that's, that's kind of one of my problems with the movie in general is a lot of these scenes, they really drag. Mm. You, It's like, yeah, I understand there's moments where it works, right? So when he first comes into um, the house after the mayor has been murdered mm-hmm. and there's a purpose and an intention to why he's moving slowly, why he acts the way that he does. Um, but there are just times in it where it was like, this is dragging a little too much like I I I get what you're doing and you know they're establishing that there's a lot of corruption in the city but again it might be one of those things where they establish it a little too hard like they overcorrect a little bit you know how sometimes it's like oh well how do I know all these people are corrupt or whatever it's like in this it's like one by one they're going through all these people in the uh uh in the bar and they're all, it's like, oh, this person is involved with the city. So is this person. So is this person. Oh, there's yeah. another person. And you're like, okay, you can do like two people and still get away with the idea that it's like, okay, the city has a lot of corruption going on. There's a lot of ways that you can do that. And that's what right. I'm saying is it's like, slow burn can be a very good thing when it's done correctly. Because I think he, I think that Matt Reeves is intentional in, his, in the way that he's mm-hmm. doing the slow burn. I just don't think... It needed to be three hours long. And obviously the whole movie isn't that. It has these like upbeat moments. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not I, I don't think she needed to be so, so center focused uh, in the movie. I mean, she has a like she is the borderline B plot. Like she gets from like A to B and has a conclusion to her thing almost better than the villains in the movie do
0: i'm i'm kind of fine with her screen time i didn't see it as problematic i enjoyed their relationship but that's again you know from the comics from the long halloween and some other comics you know i can see their t- matt reeves take on that and why he did that yeah and but it like, makes sense you're, you're bringing along it, with
2: it you're bringing in an outside source to interpret how you feel about this movie does that make sense yeah no, it's, I get what like, you're saying. It's like what, and I, obviously, it's not the same thing as the Boba Fett thing. But it's on. It, yeah, yours is a much more rational version of the people who are like, I love Clone Wars. They're lo- therefore, I must love Boba Fett because I understand all of this other material. It's like,
0: well, no, I get the concept, beh- the concept behind that. Because obviously, I can't take away what I've read and seen. Right? I get where I get where he could have gotten that character art from it. But in the movie itself, taking that. On just face value, for me, it worked. I think was, I, just, I just
2: think it was weak. I, th- I think they they don't. Uh, and here's here's one of the big. And I didn't mention this before. And yeah. I've heard a couple of people, other people, say this too. This movie just did not. It, this is a hard thing to kind of quantify. Mm-hmm. But this movie did not hit me in the feels almost at all. And I think it's one of the reasons why hmm. I'm sort of like mixed on stuff. There are moments like I really like the uh the stuff with penguin, like anytime they're doing like the penguin uh plot line, mm-hmm. um it, it it feels kind of right. And the the stuff where he like he revs up his his car and the like the engine starts yes. going and there's there's very much the cinematic Batman experience going on. And there are a couple moments that I think Matt Reeves hits correctly. I think that's one of them. Um I'm mixed on the chase itself. I think it has really good moments. Mm-hmm. But again he has this tendency to just let things drag maybe a little bit too long.
0: I thought that that specific scene was dragged out. And I I do agree with you that they could have cut or reduced um, many of the scenes with the Batman and Catwoman. And not only that, they replicated many of the scenes with them as well that I I felt was unnecessary. Um, But I don't have any problem with them showing the for the movie itself the relationship they had it's just uh, again it's a 3 hour long movie and it's and so you I, there was many times I wanted to check my phone and when I find myself wanting to check my phone that's when I know okay I'm not uh-huh. being kept in it cuz yeah. uh, one of the things that I had talked about with Kayla before the movie is like man this thing is 3 hours long and I'm excited to see it I love that. Yeah, I was looking forward to my favorite to it. comic book character, but it's like, man, something has to be really good to justify mm-hmm. being that long. And I came out of that movie and I told her, I'm like, Hey, listen, I thought it was great. I thought it was a good movie with some flaws in it, but it's not as good as the Joker.
2: Yeah. So let me, let, let me kind of, we're going to rewind a little bit. Cause there's some, a, a couple different uh points in the movie that I want to specifically hit on. Yeah. Um. First thing, uh, like I had said before, I think that the the first act of the movie is very good.
0: Yeah, um, super.
2: The only thing, and this this is something that goes through the entire movie, and it just bugged me the whole time. I do not like his interactions with Gotham PD. It's very weird to see him walking around with all of them there. Right? He's the, he, he's two yeah. years in. He's this known vigilante. And he's walking into the scene. And the only thing that's keeping the police from essentially arresting him is like Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, it's Gordon going, he's with me, he's with me. And it's like, no way. And then... seems kind of weird, right? Yeah. And then you have the moment where he punches Jim Gordon in the face, flies off the roof. And I'm still supposed to believe that the interactions that he has with Gotham PD are all like dandy, right? That... there was, yeah, there was
0: no conclusion to that, right?
2: Yeah, it's just like he keeps being there and the closest thing we get is someone like calling him a freak. Like there's yeah. a little mistrust, right? Where you you open up this movie, sorry, my mic's shaking. You open up this movie characterizing Batman um as someone who's in the shadows, someone that mm-hmm. that is dangerous, right? The 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 people uh are, you know, the the crooks in the city don't trust him, right? We don't know where he is at any time. Um and the police are just like nah, he's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a couple of couple of the guys don't like him, but we know they don't like him because they're corrupt more than likely. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Yeah, so I, I do. Uh, I was like, it was so weird, dude. I it, and it kept getting it weird was. as the the movie progressed.
0: They could have done a better job on that. I do like the uh, nod they gave to Batman's origin with the mayor being murdered by the Riddler and his kid finding him and uh, Batman's yeah. kind of like arc with that kid I liked throughout
2: I, I liked that for the most part I don't think it quite hit home at the very end because I I, the thing that well, you don't because
0: that last act is terrible. yeah I
2: don't think the thing that you don't refer, refer to is the fourth act I, I think it was borderline a wet fart because it's just like like I had said before unintentionally slightly spoiling it it's like you have this whole thing play out and it's like they just couldn't help themselves right they're doing this very different thing with batman the entire way through the movie and instead of finding a way for this to end on a note where it's like a batman maybe batman captures joker i i don't want to get into like rewriting the movie right mm-hmm. but they have to go into this thing that feels very much like the dark
0: knight well, it's weird because again, they cast Riddler as this intentional, methodical. Yeah, he's insane. Obviously, he's a serial killer, but he's an intentional, reasonable almost serial killer. Yeah. He has a plan, focus. But then, in the last act, he totally changes characters, uses goons to, and blows up the the stadium um, or whatever it is the the walls to release the oh, uh, the, yeah, right, 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 water into the – in into the city and into the stadium just to kill innocent people and it's like that's it you change entire course you just yeah. made him and he's like ha, ha
2: you didn't get my final riddle therefore and that's what i'm saying is like the whole thing ultimately like i think what would have been more satisfying is batman being the the best detective right mm-hmm. solving it stopping riddler and there's a satisfying yep. conclusion to that arc. Instead yep. of it being like, well, they arrest him, but now we have to have, like, because it's a movie and people expect this kind of thing, we have to have this spectacle scene at the very end. And then yeah. for some reason, because of that incident, that specific incident, Batman all of a sudden understands his purpose, right? He's no yeah. longer vengeance. He has to become something else. And I'm like, I am not convinced by this. What yeah, what was the thing? he has to
0: the become thing? the ideal, the... the justice service serving character yeah right and, and I'm, i am agree with you i wasn't convinced by it along with i could care less for the joker scene i thought it was terrible oh, yeah, like, no, no offense oh. to the actor but if they were going to do that if they were going to do that they should have used joaquin phoenix that would have been a whole lot better it at least if you're yeah. going to do it but then there, you, you know? would have
2: these expectations and it's like that that's really yeah tough. but still
0: at least uh, you, you know you say expectations but at least it just even if they don't even follow through with it, I'm fine with it because uh, at see, least I, it just. I just disagree.
2: I just disagree I just, because I would
0: rather have seen Joaquin Phoenix. Why is he there? That. If why? you're going to have, if you're going to have the Joker, I'm just saying, if you're going to, yeah. it makes more sense for me to use Joaquin Phoenix than but, this dude. Personally, but, I think it should have just been a whole nother villain because yeah, I'm agree. Just, I just the don't Joker think it has been worn out, it. It. out on me. It, it, it regardless of that doesn't include Joaquin Phoenix. I enjoyed that. I'm fine with the sequel from that and well it was different yeah whole thing. but then like but, what, what
2: you're saying is is that it like if joaquin's there you bring in all these questions like well why is joaquin phoenix's joker there is this the same universe as the joker movie if it isn't why is that the case what like I why are we doing this se-
0: obviously yeah. doing two separate universes which i'm fine actually i'm sure todd will probably do a better job i'm so happy dude that this is a
2: standalone thing no matter my yeah. feelings about like the movie in and of itself there's a couple things in it that i'm very happy that they are for now being restrained with oh this they're movie. doing a
0: universe there's uh, going to be tv series well that's not what i'm saying stuff. but i mean
2: like this is this is he's saying like this is self-isolated like batman isn't showing up like you're not going to get a scene at the you weren't going to get a scene at the end of the movie where it's like uh aquaman is there and he's making snarky comments yeah. and then wonder woman shows up with her lasso but it's like as far as a batman this is centric batman. thing that's fine yeah. Again, they've talked about all of these other shows. I think it's a complete waste of time. I, I think that people keep misunderstanding what people like about Batman mm-hmm. because it's Batman, right? They like they like his rogues' gallery, but they like it because Batman is there because he is involved yeah. with this because he's the one solving these problems with these different characters that there's the question of is batman the reason that these characters exist are they you know mm. there there's a lot that goes into that and when you're like, that and yang. Mm-hmm, you're like we're gonna make a penguin show and we're gonna make a batgirl show and we're gonna do a gotham pd show again and we're also going to do a go- uh, an arkham uh, arkham <laughs> asylum show and you're like stop
0: just do a ba- stop you know what? doing this i, I kind of thought with this was why didn't they just make a Batman TV series? Yeah.
2: So I have, you know? I have two more things. Okay. Uh, inclu- and plus whatever else you wanted to add. So one of my biggest problems uh, with Batman in this movie is he's not sneaky enough, and it's really annoying. It's so <laughs> yeah. annoying. I get that they're trying to make him kind of I'm this. I'm fine with it. Well, he's like this a bit of a bruiser, and I get that, but he's literally like walking up to the door and being like, do you know who I am? And they're like,
0: no yeah that was kind of cheesy and he does
2: it twice well technically i guess one of the times he's it there's this one of the times he's
0: batman one of the times he's bruce Wayne. yeah
2: he does this like repetition thing in it and i'm like i'm just not behind it no i I get it i i wish again him being supposed to be this like smart detective character right that he would have found other ways to do things besides trying to charge through the front door right and um then the other thing that is a big problem for me with his character in this is that his plot armor is unbelievable in this
0: movie. Literally, he yes, his plot armor, <laughs> his actual
2: plot armor, like it's borderline Mando type plot armor because he need
0: he's, that body armor.
2: Yeah, he he takes like
0: <clears throat> it's made out of uh, what is it vibranium from Marvel I from guess Wakanda. So.
2: Not only that, but it, it it must also absorb all sound so that he doesn't get ringing in his ears when people are shooting guns right next to him. Yeah, um, right. There's all the. The were earplugs, David. Okay, still, you have f- fully automatic <laughs> fire going off right, all, right into your chest,
0: right. Hey, they're rated to 50 degree decibels. So. Okay, whatever.
2: um <laughs> So there's just the yeah, that is ridiculous. And then the scene where he jumps off the building, I was completely fine with it until he smashes head first into that bridge. No. And I was like, no, dude. I was is like, that, come I on. I don't think
0: his. I didn't think his helmet was that strong. The other thing I noticed no, is like, like how leather. nobody was shooting at his head. I also uh-huh. noticed in the club scene, like it seemed a little bit off that Batman would risk all those innocent. Well, you know, yeah, innocent people getting shot um, it's, by the yeah, other guys. It's
2: and it's not a fair argument to be like, well, he's still new at this. It's like. Come on!
0: Yeah, but he's smarter than yeah. that at that point. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, so he's agree, supposed to he have be learned being more detective and sneaking in and getting where he needs to get.
2: And that's the thing is that's something that comes in with like noir type movies, right? And Batman to to me. And I and maybe this could have been something that would have been a nice little a ninja. little arc for him. Maybe not even the ninja thing, but it's like he understands just like detectives understand. It's like you have to work in the shadows. You have to do like get in, and you have to be smarter about the way that you do things. Because, that's a good point. Because getting shot isn't a good thing,
0: right? And that's the best point you've made all night.
2: <laughs> no, it's not. Well, it's a good point for sure. But listen, I that it just bugs me because yeah. you you have these moments where he doesn't even take any sort of like recoil from getting shot it's like Mm -hmm. he brushes it off like he's superman and he's supposed to be the antithesis superman even if superman's not showing up in this like superman is like essentially all-powerful but he's got the whole kryptonite thing going on right batman is supposed to be a human he's supposed to be smart and he's supposed to use his wits in order to get things done i don't care if it's only year two right mm-hmm. year one is essentially when he's supposed to be learning a lot of this stuff and it's like and you're telling me he's been at this for roughly two years like they're kind of sketchy on that it's like supposed to be year two but it's like is he at the beginning of year two because he's saying it's been two years whatever the case may be he's been batman for a little while and you're telling me that it's like He just hasn't learned some of these basic things like you were saying, like he should kind of be putting if he believes in justice, right, if he believes in doing the right thing and he doesn't like the mob. Yeah, he should be finding ways so that automatic fire isn't going off around civilians. I agree.
0: Exactly. And so the last thing I would say, the only thing I had to say last on a positive note is that I thought there is great messaging on corruption in big cities, how charities are used to launder money, and how elections (laughs) ultimately don't matter due to the corruption, the corrupt officials behind them. Yes. Very on the nose. Yeah,
2: they just use the actual mob for the stand-in for politicians for the most part. Um, Yeah, I I think that there is quite a bit of good in this Um, like I said I'm critical of it but at the same time I've been really happy with the discourse around this movie I know that Mm -hmm. I think there was some early stuff that was going on where people were praising this maybe a little too much and uh, in my opinion like I almost disregard anyone who will automatically go to like this is better than the Dark Knight well why well he this is a better Batman it's like so your only criteria for a movie like this is that the Batman has to be better
0: Right. I think you know the problem I have. I was telling Kayla is that you can't compare them for me. No, I because don't think you can't either. I'm coming with my again. You could you you could do the movies as well, right? They're two separate Batmans. Mm-hmm. Christian Bell's Batman is more loosely based on The Dark Knight, right? And whereas Robert Pattinson's is more loosely based on The Long Halloween outsourcing the material but even watching the movies are two separate characters yeah similarities well obviously but separate I,
2: what i'm saying is that you can take both of those sources and put them up to each other in the same way you could mm-hmm. take two arcs from a comic book and put them up to each other and have a discussion about which one is better right so if yeah. you're saying like i think this movie is better than the dark knight it's like okay well let's discuss why that is but if you're coming at it yeah but when you're coming at it from this angle of like well I like Robert Pattinson's Batman better than I like or uh Christian Bale's Batman it's like that's an
0: emotional pill uh, yeah that is
2: called being subjective
0: (laughs) yeah it's an emotional pill without giving okay well what are your reasons for it um and And you could
2: say well the modulation on um Christian Bale's is bad I'd be like okay I agree I think that's an actual objective Mm -hmm. and you could say it is objectively bad that in post they decided to modulate his voice in the dark night and he sounds ridiculous in some of the scenes.
0: Um, yeah. Whereas it's different. I thought and, it was an interesting idea. Just the execution didn't fall. Agreed. Um, and I don't think it's, it's, I do like the idea of having him having to change his voice. So he's not detected mm-hmm. when he's Bruce Wayne. Right. Agreed. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't, Um.
2: I actually don't even think the voice modulation. Absolutely. Like, I think some people take that a little too far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a bit over the top. Um, but I don't think it's a, a situation where it destroys the credibility of the Dark Knight because he had some some messed up voice modulate like m- modulization or whatever. Right. I think that movie has some incredible scenes in it. I think you have some incredible story arcs in that movie. Um, I I think it is a the third one. Not yeah, we're not. Let's not. Well, I'm not even
0: bringing that one up for the. We're just part. doing the first two. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I I think Dark Knight as a movie, even to some degree as a standalone movie, uh, is excellent i think it is top tier I, i i would have to sit and break a lot of it a lot of it down but it is it hits home in so many ways and i think it's a movie that will be remembered in a way a long time from now more so than this first pattinson movie and I want to, like I said, I want to see what they do in the future. Who knows what if they get a trilogy out of this? I'm, I'd be very curious to see where they take this. What happens mm. in the next couple of movies? Because you never know. We could be talking a couple of years from now about how, Pattinson's next movie, uh, rivals The Dark Knight. Yeah. Um, I just don't think this one does. I, I, I think if you I thought were did, to, uh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, I, I thought he did a great job as the Batman. I'll stand yeah. by that. I think him and Christian Bell's performances are right up there they're different a little bit slightly slightly different takes on them um, same with Heath Ledger's Joker and Joaquin Phoenix's Joker but I will also say that I am interested in seeing if Todd Phillips does anything and if he introduces Batman because I think Todd Phillips would know it know everything well at least the, the, those I expectations really... those high expectations are there just from the Joker movie yeah I
2: really wish I really wish they weren't making the sequel to that movie I know it's not the like the Batman movie, or it's not why we're talking about this, but I, it's I think one of those Batman's things going to be in it. I really wish they weren't doing it, man. I mean, they might they might surprise me, but it's it's one of those things that I I think he did something really special with with Joker, um, mm-hmm. even though there's I really only have like one semi minor complaint uh, about that movie, um, right? And but I think he did something really special with it, and it it feels like. That, that movie made a billion dollars so we have to do another one yeah um and they're not it's not necessarily coming at it from the right direction but again happy to be proven wrong but overall like this is a movie like the batman is still something i'm like go see it i was like i really enjoy the discourse around it i like talking to people about the things that they liked about it what they didn't like about it um and it's been it's really been fun to see for the most part other than the people who are being like just vicious about certain things you know what I mean it's like unnecessarily mm. vicious about it it's like we can we can talk about things and have disagreements about it without you like saying you want you wish people were dead because of their opinions
0: <laughs> yeah right so it's crazy man
2: all right man well I know that went a little longer than usual um, obviously it's just because whenever we do a, a big review like that there's so much to talk about um, and there's probably even more stuff we didn't even cover Um but yeah uh thank you Uh, was there anything else before i close this no
0: i'm good all right i was looking here to see if todd phillips doing anything with batman (laughs) (laughs) tune in next week
2: um thank you all for listening to episode 75 of the underground we'll be back next tuesday with all of your uh social news and of course our thursday episode will be more entertainment stuff um until next time y'all Take it easy.
0: Politics ruins everything.